Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast. Thank you once again for joining us here on Nerds from the Crypt. Crypt? <laughs> Nerds from the Crypt. I can't tell you the name of our own podcast. Um, <laughs> the podcast where we review your favorite and not so favorite horror movies. And... Um, interview indie creators about their upcoming and ongoing Kickstarter campaigns. And we want to thank everybody for joining us here because uh, we're just, we said previously, we're trying to get back in the, in the mix of things, trying to get on a roll again. I think during the, during the pandemic, we were able to get a good, what, 10, 12 episodes oh, yeah. in a row without missing we were, a week. We were just chucking them in and just like, we were watching stuff and talking to folks and the, and then I got and then sick. You got sick. And then, <laughs> then all sorts of other life things happened with other folks. And it was like, oh, 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 yeah. So, you know, the like, world. Yeah, we're living in a. a, a yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we're getting into the, to the mix of everything. We're getting everything going. And today we're re-welcoming re a good friend from the, from the crypt. And uh, Lyndon White, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, um, yeah, doing all right, thanks. Um, take two. Yeah, yeah, take two. Yeah, we'll pretend we haven't done this once already. No one will know. I'm sure you'll edit it out. It'd be great. <laughs> he won't. He won't. <laughs> sometimes, it, sometimes it's better just to leave it in. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> how, how have you been since the last time we talked to you? Good. I feel, I think since the last time I spoke to you guys, I finished one book then just went and hid away in my artist lair and i've just been literally just working on one thing for eight months which is this book that i will go talk about which is great uh but i'm uh the cabin fever is is starting to kick in i think for reference Lyndon has talked about the the book he's talking about right now is candles um a couple of episodes ago <laughs> i'll leave a link in the description to, to that episode but just in case you um, just want to get quickly caught up here, I'll let Lyndon go ahead and give us a, a um, synopsis of what we can expect for the uh, for Candles. Okay, cool. Right, so uh, Candles is my all-ages fantasy graphic novel with a sprinkle, and horror, sprinkle of horror. Um, it's about 144 pages hardback, and it's currently crowdfunding on Kickstarter. Um it is about a young girl called Grace who sets off to steal magic from an evil witch and use it to save her dying village. Uh, and on top of that, we've got like a wizard and his apprentice and they get thrown into the mix as well. So it's fantastical, fancy, whimsy uh, a little bit. And um, there's lots of monsters and spooky things uh, throughout the book um, because I have been known to be the horror guy and drawing a fantasy book seems like a bit of a left turn for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I, I draw monsters and magic and other stuff and it just so happens that I'm doing a fantasy kind of book this time around um which is is fine like it's you kind of see my inky arty fingerprints all over this book like this is very much a linda book when looking at the artwork um just like all the horror stuff definitely the the same beautiful artwork that we've all come to expect it's ridiculously beautiful <laughs> <laughs> i'm just Thank looking you. at stuff yeah, again and i'm like oh my god <laughs> i've yeah i've i've been putting i've put a hell of a lot into this one um, I mean, you put a lot into every book, 
but um, because I'm on writing and art, art duties, I'm doing the lettering as well. Like this is like 100% Linden, like um, which means that it's great because I can I get to do all this fun stuff, but it also means I've got to do all this work and I've got to draw all these things oh, and um, all that fire doesn't draw itself. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much, it's so much fire. Yeah, so much. Yeah, the, the joke is this: this book is a book of fire with a fire extinguisher that runs out about 20 pages in and the fire just keeps going. (laughs) How many pages is this graphic novel? So when it's printed in book form, it'll be about 144 pages. Sequential wise, that's about 132. Um, And it's a slightly bigger book size um, than the standard UK size. Um, So it's a, it's a chunky you know, decent graphic novel size book. I think most graphic novels start at 92 pages. Uh, so it's roughly, da, 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 what is it? If you want to do it in like single issue comics, it's like a six to se- six to eight part mini series. If you, if you're a single issues person. Um, but yeah, decent sized chunky graphic novel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's now funding on Kickstarter with cast iron books. We're just shy of 70% funded and we launched on Monday. So, this is day six so it's, it's going pretty damn well um so yeah just uh please check it out uh if you're into horror uh but when you want something that's a bit more all agey uh so you know it'll work for adults and a younger audience because of how it's written and what the uh demographics are um but yeah don't be put off by the bright pretty artwork on some of the pages i i can guarantee it gets darker and spookier as the book goes on particularly when it goes to night time because all the <laughs> monsters come out at night um yeah so yeah just please check it out it actually ties in to what we're doing today oh my today. gosh it totally ties <laughs> yeah. into it it's like ridiculous it's yeah because the bright and the dark it's it's <laughs> like when you get and, into a kit kat bar and you got the chocolate on the outside but the cookie on the inside that's what this is are you eating great? i'm not I'm, I'm i can't eat kit kats man <laughs> i'm gluten-free except for well i mean oh, like right. yeah, this yeah. week's been weird i mean Maybe I might have had a Kit Kat. I'm sorry. <laughs> or whatchamacallit bar. Those are bad. Delicious. Anyways. Uh, when I talked to Lennon that we should get him back on so you can catch us up on, on candles. And we we're like, let's do a, a, a fantasy slash uh, horror movie. And uh, we came up with Pant Lambert, which yeah. is the 2006 Spanish-Mexican um, fantasy horror f- horror movie. Yes. Uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro, which is, is a fellow fellow uh, Mexican. The The name of the movie in Spanish is actually El Labyrinto del Fauno. The Labyrinth of the Faun. Faun? Faun? I don't know how to say that. Um, I was surprised that it never says Pan, right? It's, it's always says, it always says it's the Faun. But I guess we're just so used to knowing that particular creature as 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 pan right that um they just lab- labeled it uh, pan's labyrinth i guess before we actually get into the film um any first impressions of the movie i really like this film like it's not particularly one that i'd you know throw on every weekend if i wanted something just nice and easy and relaxing to watch but i feel like every time i watch it i in my head i feel like it's more um i feel like it's more innocent and not and like, I feel like it's a 12 as an age rating. And then you watch it and like, no, this is definitely a 15. This is definitely <laughs> darker than a 12. And like every time I come back to watch it, I'm surprised at how unsettling some of the characters and creatures are. Because I don't 
I just I think my brain just goes to oh fairies monsters in the wood it's so pretty outside I don't think of how dark it actually is yeah it, it the thing is it's a fantasy movie but it's also it's also rooted in 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 realism and what happened in real in real life during a certain part in in Spain and from what I understand there's a couple of what's it called studios that wanted to give the money to to Guillermo del Toro to make the movie as long as it was in English and he declined. I think they even offered him like double the budget than he would get he, that he ended up getting, but he wanted to make sure that what his vision came out to be what we got. So he actually made sure to keep it in Spanish and he actually wrote the subtitles himself because he was not happy with previous versions of his movie getting subtitles and that I guess oh, wow. for him didn't make sense. Interesting. This is definitely like his baby, isn't it? Like, yes. I I've, I think I read somewhere that he he took little or no like back end pay from this film. You know, like when oh, the yeah. film goes mm-hmm. into profits. I feel I think uh, part of his thing to get it made this way, he made no or little money on it. Yeah, uh, that's what I read too. That he forgoed any any profit on it so that he can get it made. Wow. That's yeah, that, that's kind of that's cool though. I mean, that just means that he believed in it so much and wanted to make sure that he, you know everything had the the right the right feel and touch to it and that all of everyone else was taken care of that he made sure that it happened regardless of himself. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's commendable. Have they ever made an English dub of it? I don't know. Not that I know of. Okay. I like every version I've watched of it has been subtitles. Okay. I didn't even see an option for an English. I would think that Guillermo, Guillermo would not want it to be dubbed because in that case, he would have just made it over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they just put the challenge out to somebody. Oh, great! No, I'm just joking. The thing is that that uh, American dubs are not great. I've seen so many uh, movies dubbed in Spanish that do an awesome job in actually sounding like it's the person talking in Spanish. But when it's reverse, it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't work out the same way. That makes sense because I've been I've been taking some of your uh, Luchador movies that you've been telling me to watch, and then mm-hmm. and then I've been you know like. Um, taking taking those movies and then getting what the words are and then redoing them dubbing them myself and when i watch them back <laughs> maybe it's just my own voice i don't like hearing i don't know but and then also i do all the characters so <laughs> i don't think anybody wants to listen to watch them so and let's let's review those you want to okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> another uh bit of, of uh, information I found about this movie is that um, Guillermo is known for just having these massive books or I guess um, notebooks of ideas, drawings that he eventually will turn into the film. Well, years before he was actually going to make the film, he actually left and lost the book oh. in the cab. No. And he was, he was actually like, oh, this is it. That's, 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 um, all my ideas. But the cab driver found the book. He like, oh crap, this is important. He found Guillermo del Toro and, and gave it back to him. What? Wow. Yeah. That's a movie in itself. Uh, that, that's funny because we actually have had the, um, was it, uh, Fallen? Remember that? Oh, yeah. I told you about that one where they had to redo. A whole scene because they left a original print in the cab and they got lost and they never found it. Talk about, there's like I feel like there's things like that that in any other situation it could kill the project mm-hmm. like very very easily. Like things like that if you've been working on it for so long, it's like you've done all this time. Like if you'd lost it, like 
where do you even begin starting if you had to go back to square one? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> It'd be too difficult. It's almost like what we did yeah, here. Yeah, but I mean, like, this, is very, this, this movie is very <laughs> intricate. What we do is very, like, I mean, you know, it's, oh, it's just just um to throw it on back just back onto candles really quickly like halfway through production on the yeah. book my computer died with my backup oh, no. and my dropbox upload didn't work properly so my backup of my backup no. didn't work and my computer was absolutely flatlining i managed to get turned on left it on my desk and got a backup done and then like an hour later it just black screened oh um, dang yeah i was just like <laughs> So I fully understand this pain. That's, that's crazy. Wow. <laughs> I, okay. Just I mean, just just while we're talking about that, like as as the 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 powerhouse doing all of the work on that aspect with that aspect, that's a lot of that's a lot of stress, right? So do you after that? Yeah. Did you did you add anybody else in that you could like send backups to? <laughs> so now I've got a more I've got a secure like. Um, online folder okay. with with making sure it's all saved and i've invested in like a, just a new computer yeah. like i do not trust the old one even after it got repaired i'm like you are yeah. dead to me <laughs> uh, <laughs> like when you know it's bad when your computer and your backup of that computer goes yeah, wrong yeah. so um yeah um I'm, so you know save your projects kids it's important 100 <laughs> agree i i've had a similar thing with creative projects and uh, and computers doing the the death spin on me and just like okay well i guess i'm getting a new computer i didn't plan on this <laughs> and uh yeah, yeah. That, you're right back up the backups <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into the movie this is a really good movie i'm i've refused to read the subtitles to this one <laughs> um, it's it's really hard when subtitles are on the on the screen for me not to read them but sometimes i miss things that's going on yeah in in the scene um because you're reading the subtitles so I, I, or you're not reading the subtitles because in this one i have not read the okay. subtitles but they just they distract mm -hmm. you because they're there yeah well yeah every once in a while i'll look down and start reading i'm like nope i gotta keep looking around because i know this movie is gonna have a lot of details that that i might miss and i'm pretty sure i missed a lot of details do you, do you ever just want to like tape a piece of cardboard across the bottom of the tv so you don't see the subtitles because i know when i'm watching tv with my grandma i want to do that when the subtitles come on <laughs> i'm like i i would do much better just paying attention to the japanese than i would just yeah seeing the subtitles. and that's, that's the thing is like even when i'm watching things in english i like we're using the subtitles it's different when you're listening it to in another language that you know and trying to like you can understand the language that's getting talked to but you're also reading at the same yeah. time so it's like you're doing twice the work your brain is just <laughs> overwhelmed and all you want to do is yeah. see the pretty things <laughs> then the thing is that when that when you do that you kind of like oh, that's not what the uh -huh. subtitle that's not what it said uh, you're wrong yeah i imagine it can really take you out of the experience yeah, even even with this one, like I said, I did read some of the subtitles, and they're like, "Wait, that's a little bit different," but it still gets the same. Um, what's it called? Idea across because sometimes in Spanish, there's a lot of words for a little bit of words in English, you know. So the movie takes place in nineteen. What did it say? Forty four during the um, civil war in Mex in Mexico in Spain um, in nineteen forty four. We see Ophelia, which is our main character. Uh, getting driven to the cabin where her stepfather lives with Captain Vidal, which is this really bad, bad captain that, that really enjoys 
having people suffer. And I guess this is where she's actually starting to read the legend that she really get into, right? Who wants to to kind of explain the legend that we're we're walking into here? The the film opens with a fairy tale story and it's about the king of the underworld and his daughter. Uh it's a prospering kingdom and his daughter wants to come to our world and and live like a mortal but she stays for too long and gets stuck in our world and so the king makes these portals all over the world for one day when she can come back and the idea is his daughter will die but her soul will stay in the mortal realm and go into different bodies of different kids or re- reborn so it's all about the king wants his daughter to come back and that's the fantastical element of the story then you've got realism which is you know the civil war and then it's the two mashed together and honestly though i think the horror in this movie is more in the the realistic and the real story that's going on more than the actual fantasy part no i think a lot of that comes from uh, the captain and you know to be cliche a little bit the horrors of war and the evil that people do but he's so menacing because he he messes with people right before he knows he's already decided that he's going to kill them or do some terrible thing to them. He always manipulates them by being overly kind or he'll do something like he'll pat one of them on the shoulder and then grip it. It's like lots of really intense, horrific, like it's subtle, but like he does these really manipulative things with like body language before he does something even worse. It's almost like you know he's as soon as he does something nice, you know he's going to do something mm-hmm. really, really bad. Now I'm jumping the line here. Did he have Ophelia's dad killed? Hmm. Oh, I didn't think about Maybe. that. I feel like he like he wanted um, Ophelia's mom. I forgot her name. Um, Carmen. But I feel like he wanted her, and he did something that would cause her dad to go up, go up to the you know front of the lines or whatever, and have him killed somehow or another. Interesting. Ah, I honestly didn't think about that. But that that would make that would suit <laughs> the character. <laughs> it would totally make sense. He seems like the kind yeah, of person I, that I, would. I got that feeling when I was I was watching this. I mean, he's a people monster for sure. <laughs> yeah, but and previously I had not even even thought of that until this time around. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense if he's if you do it as a timeline before the film. Ophelia has such. I mean, she clearly doesn't like him because she knows he's not a nice person but she has such a from the first time that the captain gets mentioned she's like he's not my father mm-hmm. and you know she has it's not like uh oh this is the new stepdad and the little step the stepdad's kind of evil this is like no this guy is categorically not, not my father and i don't want anything to do with him it's like a really intense reaction we are introduced to the to the captain almost uh, right away she tries to Shake his hand with her left hand. He gets upset. This the other hand, little girl. Pretty much is what he tells her. Um, she then goes to the side and and one of the um, what is she? Is she a maid? What is she? What is she? The she's like keeper of the house, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, I think she's like the main one, right? Yeah. And so she she gets she finds the labyrinth and she tells her and goes, you know, your fa-, she talks about your father and she's like, he is not my father. The labyrinth. I want to bring something up real quick of the labyrinth. I w- uh, when I first saw this, I was expecting it to be mostly in the fantasy world, mostly going through a labyrinth. Yeah. And when I when I um, saw it the first time, I was I was a little, I guess, um, disappointed that we didn't get more 
of the fantasy portion. Underwhelmed. It's actually really well balanced. The fantasy and the in the real life yeah. portion of this movie. Um, that's true. It's a, it's a good way to put it. It is very balanced, but I think it, that ties to the ending as well, and, and we'll we'll talk about that when it, when we get to it. Um, maybe, maybe the labyrinth is also because it talks because it's so based in the it's you getting you're getting two halves of two halves to make the whole uh, the real world and the fantasy world. Maybe the labyrinth is real life, and we're just navigating. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I mean, I think it is. I think I think you're you're, you're right there is what is really, I mean, we're, we're even right now, I mean, we have to take all this, these paths to, for our, for our lives. I'm right? stuck in it. You never know what's going to come. If someone, all of a sudden you have to turn left. Oh, I'm stuck. Yeah. I'm or yeah. I'm, sometimes you feel stuck. I'm stuck in so, it. Just yeah. while you're on about the labyrinth, did you notice all the, the schools in like what the open shots? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think cause it's meant to be, um, this king's daughter um, has inhabited bodies time and time again. It's almost like, I, I know we're jumping ahead, but the daughters failed to make it through. So it's implied that this is not the first time this character's been here in one shape or form and has just failed to get through the labyrinth. But see, what I love about this one is just such little things like that mm-hmm. that are there. And there's a reason for every single one. It's not like they've just thrown something in just for the yeah. sake of it. We see her pretty early in the movie. She finds this um, like puzzle piece on the ground when they've stopped, when they're heading towards the cabin. And she puts it in and this, I don't even know what to say. It's, it's a fairy, right? But it looks more like a walking stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this massive walking stick comes out and she calls it, are you a fairy? And like, I would not have said, are you a fairy to that thing? I would have been like, um, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of thing <laughs> are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. As a kid too, like whenever you see like different things like that, that like either like a bug that you've never seen or something that looks a little, a little freaky and off to you, that's a moment of scariness, right? So yeah, you're, you're right. hundred mm-hmm. percent out. I mean, yeah. The first time I saw, uh, um, uh, leeches stuck on my leg, I freaked out. Thought I was dying. <laughs> so later on that night, the she f- realizes that the insect has followed her. She asked, uh, she asked the insect again, "Are you a uh, a fairy?" And shows the picture. This is a fairy, and there's a little cool little uh, what's it called a sequence where the where the insect just turns into the fairy, and it's it's still a creepy looking fairy. Why? Why you uh, the Guillermo del Toro? creepy man. <laughs> very much inspired. <laughs> it's cute. It's uh, got character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she leads her to the to the labyrinth where she meets the fawn um who right away right away um believes that she is the reincarnation of princess moana not not the moana from <laughs> disney <laughs> you're welcome um <laughs> i have forgot that that was her name until i watched it again oh my gosh i'm like oh the rock is about to come out uh, i've now got Disney songs stuck in my head, which is not something I thought I'd have <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon. Dang <laughs> it, Greg. Uh, um, so good. He gives her the book that tells her that there are going to be three tasks that she's going to have to go and complete in order to, to acquire the immortality and return to the kingdom. She doesn't really believe him at the at first, right? She um, she asks, I don't know if it was right here or she in the next uh, time she goes down there, she asks about the, the like a mural that no, no, the fawn tells her, right? That's me. Mm-hmm. That's you. Mm-hmm. And then she asks, who's the baby? He does not tell her. He's like, um, 
Yeah, let's not talk about that right now. It's <laughs> a <much>. secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first task that Ophelia needs to complete is retrieving a key from the belly of the giant toad. Um, that toad is nasty. Yeah. I, I, I think out of everything, when I first watched this, this scene unsettled me the most because I knew it was like, it wasn't the fantastical creatures, how much trouble she's going to get because you've already been introduced to the captain. It was like the consequences of being late. Mm-hmm. She gets this, her mum makes this beautiful dress and then she gets it absolutely destroyed by it raining, getting covered in mud. And then on top of that, fear of all that, you've then got this monstrous toad in the tunnel. Uh, it's grim. Yeah. And the thing is like when you're, when you're a, a kid, I don't know, I guess some kids are really, really scared of bugs. Uh, she didn't seem to be bothered too, too much about them. Um, but she, she sees the, the toad and she's like, I am Princess Moana um, and I'm not scared of you. Do you think that's because she's more, she's, as a character, she's not really as scared of fantastical stuff. She's more scared of anything in real life. I think she's just lived that, that life that like, what, yeah. what are really going to happen down here that like that hasn't happened up, up in the real world to begin with. Already? I will tell you, I mean, just like, I mean, if you're living in a, in a situation like she's living in where there's a war going on and everything, I can mm-hmm. only imagine uh, I mean, we're very fortunate that we've we've lived in, you know, things going on in other places and stuff like that. But when I talk to my grandma who grew up in a time frame while things were happening, I mean, you kind of like at, at 10 years old, just could give up. Like, you know, you're good. You could die at any minute. Right. So you're like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. I mean, like when like last year app started, she was like, all right, cool. I love you. <laughs> She's like checked out. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, like at, when you're, you know, that life could be 10 times mm-hmm. worse. So when you're going through all these like other things that look really horrific, you're like, I can take this. <laughs> I can do this. It's no big deal. Uh, I wanted to ask you, how, how did this whole sequence of the toad, um, what the heck happened to the toad? Magic. Like, how did she, how did she kill it? <laughs> Magic. I don't get it. <laughs> you get, oh yeah, those magical beans or rocks that she throws into its stomach. Is that what it was? It was just because it was those. Yeah, those? The, the fern thorn uh, gives her mm-hmm. like for his first trial, he gives her uh, these three magical rocks. Said so you'll need them. Oh, and then, of course they turn into like uh, into bugs while she's holding them, right? No, it, like it's like a trick of the camera because she has them in her hand, mm-hmm. and these bugs are crawling around, and one crawls into her hand and looks exactly like the rocks, and the oh, bugs are what the toad okay. eats. So she, when she's like, "I've got this bug," she throws them all. And the book swallows these rocks that are essentially going to kill it. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Okay. I, I, yeah. I don't know why I totally missed that. Yeah, it's. We don't really like focus on it. it they kind of just. These rocks are just kind of handed to her. Mm-hmm. You don't really understand what they do or what they're for. You just know that she's going to need them. It's like everything that she gets. They, like for each trial, the, the fawn kind of explains it to her, but not really. Kind of leaves a lot of information out. So we talked about the toad. Um, the toad, as soon as it eats the rocks, turn, turn, much turns itself inside out. <laughs> the, everything on the inside goes out, and then it like flattens and dies. I, I have to say, the and effects, she finds the key. The effects are just awesome. <laughs> For 2006, yeah. that's that's really really good. There's some spots where it's not as great as others, but it's nowhere near like some even some even right now. There's some some movies that like well it was. <laughs> Justice League and, and their their <laughs> and their uh, CGI mustache. 
No mustache. <laughs> I'm so glad I gave that a miss. I've still not watched it. <laughs> Lucky. Lucky. Um, <laughs> we were in stereo. <laughs> um, well, we talked about the toad, but we didn't talk about the fawn. What do you all think of the design? I, Rick? you know, I mean, like when when you're looking at at cool monster designs and just like what's gonna like what pops out of both like a like an adult's mind that's that's scary but also from a child's mind and it's it's got all those elements that that kind of fit and it, it the design all you know overall is like to me one of those things where it's it's definitely what i could imagine as a kid but also as an adult like yeah i wouldn't want to meet that but I also like as a kid, yeah. I, I would be intrigued enough to be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> there's that there's that meme that uh, shows like a biblically accurate angel. Uh-huh. And it's like a bunch of eyes and a bunch of wings and like spinning in a circle. Yeah. And it says, do not be afraid. <laughs> and then the guy's like, sir, I can guarantee you this is the scariest thing in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and I don't know why that that kind of just reminds me of 100%. that. 100%. <laughs> yeah. um, I think, like, if he... Again, it's all set at night time, so it adds so much more, but um, I forget the actor's name. He does Doug Jones? A lot of, yeah, Doug Jones. Yeah. Um, he's absolutely incredible because he, he does little things like, you know, when we first meet Pan, he's, like, uh, facing a wall. Uh, it's almost like he's not moved for a long time. Mm-hmm. So when he's moving about, particularly in the first few scenes, it's like he's like you see him like move his joints as if he's cracking them back out of place because they've been so rigid for so long. Like he, I think, like again, like if you'd got done something which was completely CG, <laughs> Justice League, um, you know, you kind of <laughs> like it feels lifeless. But he's brought that. Um, he just brings so much to it with like the body language and movement and like those little ticks. No, that's a good point. He is like just an amazing move, like movement specialist. His acting skills, doing all those things. Right now, he's actually uh, Commander Suru in Star Trek Discovery. Oh, One of my yeah. favorite favorite characters in that um, those that series. He's actually going to be playing Nosferatu, uh, Count Orlok. Um, yeah. <laughs> like this, I didn't know we were doing horror news. <laughs> <laughs> uh don't have a day on that one but he's yeah he's playing condor Co- that's cool and nice if you if you um find that it looks pretty it looks a lot scarier than the original uh, one I but bet. i would i would imagine that <laughs> updated version of him would i, I can imagine his movements and in, in that character i mean like in every character that he does he he has different movements that you know he goes through all those different things and boy oh boy yeah, no, I can imagine. He was, I mean, he works with um, Guillermo del Toro a lot. Um, the Shape of Water, Hellboy. Oh, yeah. Uh, two. Yeah. Was he in Hellboy 1? I, I think so. It's, what's weird, I think like, I saw some movie, like a like an independent movie, where he was like a character not in any, like he was just like himself. And I was like, mm-hmm. who is this dude? Oh, my gosh. Because like he was like, <laughs> he was like playing like a, a mime or something like that. But like, <laughs> It was like, what was going on? Who is this <laughs> scaring guy? you as a well, Yeah, no, he, he was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> he's incredibly tall, yeah. isn't he? Yes, oh, he's right. super tall. He's... Um, and from what I understand, they made a rig for him. Like the the legs for for Pan 
um, mm-hmm. there was that was actually practical effects. Oh, what? And they actually digitally removed his legs out of the, out of the movie. Uh, so they made a rig for him to actually move around in that thing. That's crazy. That is pretty bonkers. There's a second, what's it called, a uh, test that she needs to, to do immediately, but her mom's starting to get sick. And we see at the very beginning that there is this, this uh, something going on with her mom. She is not only pregnant, but she's also going through some, um, some sort of illness. And the doctor is looking at her and, and getting mad at, at the commander, the captain, um, saying, you know, he, she shouldn't have been on the road at this point of her um, of her pregnancy. It's really going to really going to to affect her. She needs to rest and so forth. Uh, so she decides not to do the second test and the fawn or pan. I, I'm going to keep calling the fawn because, like I said, I, I, read, I heard it. I don't read it. I only watched it in Spanish. <laughs> uh, so that's all I know. Them. Um, but. Yeah, Pan or, or the Fawn tells him, you know, um, tells her, you need to do this this test. She tells him, you know, I can't because my mom's sick. She gives, what does he, what does he give her? Like a ginger root? Uh, to me, it looks uh, like ginger or um, it's oh, a root. It's, um, it's, it's for in Harry Potter. Oh, it, um, they like, they pull the, them out of the, the screaming ones, the man, man, mandrake. Yeah. It's a mandrake. Yeah. Oh, is that what yeah. that is? Yeah. And she tells her what? Put it under the bed in milk. Is that what it was? Milk. Yes. Yeah. Milk and two drops of her blood. And you'll see that that the illness is gonna get. She's gonna get better with the illness. So this is just like um, Ernest she does. stupid. He, he needs milk. <laughs> <laughs> she needs milk and some blood. I don't know. Oh, wait, if, no, that he, he didn't. Need- I don't know if Lyndon's watched okay. that that uh, horror classic. It's a good one. I don't know what you're talking you about. You should tell. All right. We need to bring you back to to get you some of these um, totally American horror horror classics, like Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh, that's okay. Okay. It'll be like an educational yeah. experience. Yeah. We've already done it, but we can always bring you back and say, like, First, yeah. give you like First a pass. like a quick, um, what's it called? Uh, Marathon of, of movies and like, all right, what'd you think of this your one? reaction? Okay, what'd you think of this one? <laughs> okay. <laughs> quick fire round. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Send me some homework. Quick and, fire uh, round. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, I I just realized Doug Jones was also the, one of the guys from Hocus Pocus, the 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 lover that comes back to life. Um. All right. So the second test, she needs to retrieve the dagger from the pale man, right? Mm-hmm. But she yeah. is um told she cannot eat anything at that while she's down there. Mm-hmm. So she goes down to Mitch McConnell's lair and um. No one got that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's um, good. Uh, yeah, she goes down to, to the to the pale man's lair, <laughs> and you're so bad, dude. He, and he, does, and he, he, like he a- does look like a child eating monster. His face just is like just it just he looks like a I don't know. It's just like it's sliding off his head. Yeah. <laughs> We were chatting about this beforehand because I'm I'm not up to date on like I didn't know this politician and I saw it I was just cackled. Yeah, I'm going to hell. No, no. Um, I mean, <laughs> you're just saying what everyone else is thinking. It's okay, so. <laughs> And like I said, the, the pale man is a child eating monster. And like I said, and the phone tells her, do not eat anything while you're down there. He gives her extra fairies to kind of guide her and yeah. 
you know, do what she's not supposed to do. So watch out for her. Uh, she goes down there. She gets she gets in by drawing a door on the on the wall. She goes in, uh, finds the dagger pretty easily. Oh, and she needs to be out by um, a certain time, right? Because she has that the hourglass or Let's be quick. minute glass. I'm not yeah. sure how long it's supposed supposed to take. And she needs to not only not eat anything. She's also not supposed to um, uh, stay there longer than than the. The sands of the of the yeah. glass. It's there. like a scary version of Pac Man when you think about it. She's got a door to exit <laughs> out of. Don't eat anything. Uh, if you do, this thing will come and get you. There's other things that are with you. Yeah, yeah, total Pac Man. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, that she goes in, and then he's just sitting there, like just chilling with all this food around him. She goes in, gets the dagger, comes back, sees these grapes, and she's like, mm. and the whole time she's trying to put it in her mouth, the fairies are like, no, don't do it. Like they're hitting her, like don't, don't, and she just shoes them away and bites into the grape. And as soon as she does that, the bell man starts to move, puts his eyes in his eye. Sorry, I was just really quickly like um, when I was watching this, like I I find it absolutely stupid that she eats a grape. Uh Then only rewatching this time, um, she has been not eating anything because after the first trial, she gets sent to bed with no food, so she hasn't actually eaten anything for a long time. So that's, I think that's why she eats stuff because I don't think it's because she's just being a stupid child. I think she's like, I've not eaten and I've been chasing a toad. Yeah. She's extremely <laughs> hungry. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I, I miss that. Are toads edible? <laughs> yes. I mean, she could have eaten the toad. They're also quite poisonous. Uh, one, po- well, I mean, in moderation, they can be exciting, Saul. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> totally edible. <laughs> totally edible. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. Sorry. <laughs> that was just like, oh, oh, that was good. That was. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm dead. Um, <laughs> so she eats the grapes and the pale man starts to move around and, and come after her. And yeah, like, like you said, like, like. Pac-Man, she almost doesn't make it out, and he's like grabbing her. Like he he starts swinging his his hands together and keeps missing. And I'm like, what in the world? How does? Well, like, oh yeah, I forgot. He's swinging his eyes around too, yeah. so he can't really see what he's doing. Yeah, well, he's he's trying. <laughs> I like the fact that he has to like when he because he has the eyes in his in his hands that he has to pull up his hands to his head to kind of get a really good uh look at whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess that's, it helps you kind of orientate yourself, right? Because even if you had hand uh, eyes in your hands, you c- kind of are still just wandering around. Yeah, it's like when I don't put my glasses on in the morning and I step on the cat or the dog. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're gonna get we're gonna get canceled because you stepped on. No, the dog. I mean, I, I <laughs> just barely, just barely. Um, she gets out of the out of the um the layer because she draws another door. She has to draw another door because she, of course, not only did she eat the grape, but now she took too much time in the, in the layer. She gets out through like this bottom of her room pretty much. And, um, as soon as she does that, the, the fairy narc center tells her she ate, <laughs> she ate the grapes and two of the, uh, fairies were eaten. Yeah. Bad news. That's two, right? Cause there's total three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like Pac-Man. Um, so yeah, she got, she got, Got narked on, and and the fawn gets told, and pretty much tells her you don't deserve to be the princess. 
tells her pretty much she, she pretty much tells her that she's failed. He he basically said, No, thank you. Um this whole time in the background, we figure out that Mercedes the housekeeper is actually a spy for the what? rebels that are been living out in the um in the woods uh during the Civil War, um going against the captain, right? And uh her and the doctor that that is taking care of Ophelia's mom has been helping the rebels by giving them food or giving them medications, even taking out the doctor out to out to the the woods to help out with um, injuries that are going on while they're fighting. So the reason I bring that up is because we're we're getting to the point where this is all going to kind of intersect. It's an inside. Before we get there, um, you guys want to bring anything else up that that's happened so far that we might have uh, just jumped over? Um, the captain's watch is established early on. Like he's mm-hmm. like the captain is like, he's, he keeps checking his watch throughout the film because his watch was handed down to him from his, well, his, his father died with it when he got shot. Um, like his father, like apparently died in some great battle and knew he wasn't going to win. So he broke his watch. So his son would know exactly what time he died. Mm-hmm. And this watch has been passed on. Um, so even the captain's room, like his office or whatever it is, he, has like clock elements in the background. I don't know if you notice it's like shaped like the inside of the ah, clock. Yeah. Um and he's like he's like messing with his like this pocket watch all throughout the film. Um which comes in later towards the end. Um about timing. Yeah. Oh don't start more with the puns. Like <laughs> <laughs> I no. No no. I wasn't trying. I was just just keeping I was <laughs> Uh, you know. <laughs> it just happened. You, you've uh, remember you messed with Lyndon's head last time by trying to f- him trying to figure out how to draw the Invisible Man versus Casper. I know. Well, I mean, it could work. <laughs> it could work. Um. So yeah, so the whole time that the captains is fighting these these rebels, he's trying to find a way to keep them from getting supplied. She, the first thing he does when he gets there, he takes away a king a key from the Mercedes Mercedes <laughs> um, for a store for, store room that pretty much was helping keep the the rebels fed and keep them with with um, supplies. Uh, he then figures out that that the doctor has been helping them out by with medicine uh kills the doctor no. and then um and one of these raids they they find um forgot his name he's a, the he's one of the stuttering characters and captures them alive and um pretty much searches them until he's able to to um get the information that he wants or at least a little bit of the information he wants and he plays a really cruel trick on him knowing that he's a stutterer says if you can count from one to three without stuttering once I'll let you go. And uh, with a lot of work, he does one and two, but when this is three, I think it's that, that little, that, that T inflection, um, like you get, or that sound that you have to make, what really sets off his stutter. Yeah. Yeah. We see him later on and he's in really bad shape. And that's the thing with his captain is that he enjoys the torture. He, he inflicts on these people um, to get the information and, I'm I'm pretty sure before he was captain, that's what he was. He was an interrogator because he has a box of of tools that he uses to to get the information he wants. Terrible man. And he even says we're gonna have a bond by the time we get to this particular tool. He's just the worst. He really is. Yes. Yeah. I'm like we said before. People monster. People monster scare us more than those monsters down in, in the labyrinth. <laughs> He's actually. 
just as terrifying towards the end with what happens with his mouth. Oh yeah. Um, we'll get there here shortly. Mm-hmm. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> Um, wait, what does that happen before or no, that does happen it's before, not... right? At the yeah, same, it happens about the same time. Yeah. yeah. So is it the, the doctor gets killed? The doctor gets killed. Uh, yeah. And then there's a bit of a time lapse because it, in true poetic justice, sorry if I'm skipping ahead, no, no, as the doctor dies, um, doesn't Ophelia's mum become like critically ill? Yes. Um, he she gets even worse, and uh, I think that's actually yeah because the 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 magic root is no longer moving around. Ophelia goes under the bed to figure out like why isn't it moving? Is that she even asks him if it, if it's sick? That's when he comes in and pulls her out, finds the the root, and he's like, "What the f is this?" Um. Gets mad at her mom for letting her read the 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 books that she lets her read, which allows her to come up with these things. I guess whatever. And that's what that's when he, he this he's the one that throws the root in the fire, right? Yeah. So it's like it all happens at once. He throws yeah. the root in the fire, but, um, which that's what causes. Um, yeah, that mean that causes her Ophelia's mom to like start bleeding. Mm-hmm. He goes outside. Why doesn't re- the captain goes outside? Doesn't realize this is happening. Kills the doctor who would probably have been able to do something to save her, mm-hmm. uh, but because he kills the doctor and the root, then Ophelia's mum dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think it was the pretty much yeah, to, correctly, to, something to, like that. Yeah, he caused all it, the it terrible little, things. Little, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah the, total the doctor kills the the stuttering. Um, man i forgot his name um and, well he begs him to, to kill oh, him yeah. um after he sees how bad he's he's been tortured he's given some information to the captain he says kill me now because you know i mean that's kind of the thing right because yeah. i'm gonna keep giving information so kill me now i'm suffering kill me now you know it's one of, one of those things or both those things all in one Mercedes figures out that um, what's happened. She goes into the into the storeroom. Um, she no, he he grabs her. Right? She finds out that she's helping him out and um, ties her up, getting ready to to torture her as well. Goes through his spiel, but she has a hidden hidden knife in her in her. Um, what is that called? It's like a penny, isn't it? It's not. It's not part of the dress. It's like an over. Yeah. And so she takes the knife out, stabs him. Well, gets out free first. Stabs him in the back, stabs him in the front, puts it in his mouth, and then slits his his mouth open. Um, that is pretty 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 horrifying. If even even if you didn't know what the heck is going on, um, that's that's pretty bad. They show it later on. They show like a close up of it when it's cleaned yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And uh, he try he tries to like sew it together. You can start seeing like the blood starting to like come back to the surface of the cut. It's uh, when he cleans it up, yeah. sews his mouth back together, and then he d- drinks oh, yeah. whiskey, and then Ugh. it all bleeds through. And that, like, just I could feel like with the reaction, of it, I could feel how much that oh, hurt. And like, the, I mean, the crazy thing is, like, you know, people drink to get rid of the pain, but it also thins your blood, so you're, you bleed you're more. bleeding more. Yeah. 
but also alcohol kind of stings. Oh on, yeah, on yeah, yeah. Cut, so and and yeah, just you're like it's just a just the whole entire mixed bag of bad things. He's yeah, just mouth injuries like that. Uh, strong dislike. It's like when you like, just imagine all the like if he had fingers coming out of his mouth all. No, oh. don't let me. Don't let me no. <laughs> <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> So the phone comes back, says uh, he well, pretty much he's changed his mind about giving the Ophelia the, t- the final task. Um, Ophelia takes the, the baby with her, goes down to the labyrinth where she is told that the way to open the portal is for innocent blood to be spilled into the uh, into into the portal itself. Uh, which means that they're gonna have to to drop a couple of bl- droplets from the baby so that the portal will open up so that she can rejoin her her family. And at the same time, Mercedes has uh, fled to the to the forest and is getting chased by by the captain's men. But the rebels attack, and so the the rebels are coming back and and storming the the the, the cabin. So this is all going at the same time. Um. The captain decides to f- chase Ophelia, watches as she's talking to um, the fawn about with the baby, although she he cannot see the fawn, only Ophelia can. She refuses to harm the baby no matter what. Captain gets her and shoots her as she and she falls, um, bleeding on to the floor as the uh, the fawn leaves, and of course the captain takes off with his baby. Uh, the rebels take the, the castle and um, take the baby away from. Well, no, he gives the baby up. So because the whole the whole time the whole movie, his whole thing was he needs a a male. Uh, was it heir? Yeah, to keep his family his family name the alive. Bloodline. Going. Yeah, he gives up his baby so that it can keep his family name going. Ask, can you tell my? And like, nope, he's never gonna even know who you were. They don't even let him finish his sentence and yeah. they just shoot him. Yeah. Um, and as we see, as that happens, you see um, Ophelia's wound. Like, she's grabbed it with her hand and her her, blood, her hand is full of blood. She's outstretched over the port or the, the entrance to the, to the labyrinth. And as, it, as the, uh, the blood drops in, she starts to see herself as Moana. Her, um, her dad says, that that was the final test that she protected the innocent blood above and beyond her own um, interest of going back home. And that this is what was going to grant her the ability to come back home in real life. She's dying. Um, Mercedes uh, finds her starts crying and uh, we see her, her body die. And we get the narration again that says that she lived in the underground kingdom for centuries as, as, as um, I guess the queen down there, which brings you back to the original question: Is it is it a fantasy she made in her head to get to escape the the horror of the war, or is this all really happening and she really is a um, princess to this magical fantasy land that lives underneath the earth? I, I when I first watched this, I thought. The optimist in me was, oh, she's actually going home. This was a test. It was actually fantastical and magic and all that, and that was happening. 
when I watched it this time, and bear in mind, that's how I've always seen it. When I watched it this time was which was probably fourth time I've seen this film. Mm-hmm. There's a shot where when Ophelia has her the baby in her arms and she's like she will not spill innocent blood to the fern because the fern wants to harm the kid and get a few drops. The captain runs it comes behind them. Uh, and there's a shot where there's just one shot in the entire film where it does this where the captain is looking at Ophelia and Ophelia is meant to be talking to the fern fawn, fern, whichever one it is uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, the shot switches so it pans around and you see Ophelia talking to no one yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and then it and then it circles back onto the captain because who's you know there's no one there so I, I feel like that one shot for it this time which I, I didn't clock the other times I've watched it I was like I feel like the entire film is we're seeing it from Ophelia's point of view that there is fancy and magic going on here, but it's just her way of coping with it. I feel like I've changed my viewpoint on it. I think I don't think it's real. I think it's just like a child's way of dealing with all this. Escaping. Yeah. Some good escape, isn't it? It's, yeah. um gives you that shot for a reason. This this one makes me feel like this is this is like the the worst telling of a Disney like fantasy story ever <laughs> where the princess is really you mean the real story. Well, Cause that's how the, it's, yeah, you know, the real story the stories are the real, the real story where the Disney princess is really dead. And <laughs> it's very brother's yeah, grim. Uh, like it's very traditional. You're talking Bruce about like fairy tale, like the little mermaid. Yeah. She actually dies in the story. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Oh my gosh. This is a, not a good date movie either. Don't cause it looks all fantastic. The funny story. <laughs> Well, I don't know if it's fun here. Oh, yeah, go ahead. In Mexico, they had to put um, warning signs in theaters because a lot of people were taking their kids to to watch this. Oh, no. (laughs) I love it. I'm sorry. I love it, though. Um, So, yeah, so they had to put warning signs. Like, it has scenes that you might not want to um, show your kids. One, it's going to freak them out and scar them forever, child eating monster. And then also the main character, spoiler dies <laughs> but she rules the underworld yeah. in the end so it's okay she's a princess hey you're welcome <laughs> just <hands>. yes oh. <laughs> the, yeah. I, I i think like i mean yeah it, it's 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 definitely well rooted in both the fantasy and the reality of everything that's going on she built this fantasy world but to to cope with the reality and Maybe at the end when she was when she was dying, she did just jump a hundred percent into that fantasy world and she did live on. I mean, that's that that is the pure optimist right there. Or she just died. I mean, we don't know what's on the other side. Have you been there? I haven't. Maybe for a couple minutes. I used to play that game where you choke yourself. I'm just joking. Um it kinda kinda like uh we just saw the preview to Candyman. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh yeah. That ending then into to the first one was like, wait, what in the world? Was Candyman real? Yeah. yeah. Or was it this lady that was killing everybody? It maybe maybe both. <laughs> the um the trailers for that new Candyman film, what they're doing with like the puppet like silhouette animations look incredible. It does. It looks it looks pretty it looks creepy. And we know that it's mm-hmm. not on purpose, but it still looks pretty cool. I, I know when you sent it to me, yeah. so well, I was like, "What?" <laughs> Watched it <laughs> like three times. There is another horror movie by Guillermo del Toro called "The, the Devil's Backbone" El Espinazo del mm-hmm. Diablo. Um, it's also filmed in Spain, 
1939 during the final year of the Spanish Civil War. And there's I, I have not seen that movie, so I do not know what this what this is referring to. But um, what's it called? In an interview, Guillermo del Toro hinted that the nameless soldier who dies in the woods, including the one shot through the hand by Vidal, which is the captain, are the surviving children of the orphanage in The Devil's Backbone. Which means that those two movies are set in the same universe. Interesting. He's mentioned as like he was after doing some kind of Spanish horror monster trilogy kind of thing. Um, I don't know what the other one's meant to be, if we'll ever get to it, but I think he, he's got an idea of a mindset of like these three films that would be linked in some way, which is kind of cool. It's like his own little ver- universe. Mm-hmm. The last thing I've seen him do was the um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people didn't like that one. I really enjoyed that one. So we still need to do that oh, one. Yeah, we do. Actually. We do. Yeah. Uh, we've been saying that for the last two years, I think. That's true. Well, things happen, man. I mean, the world kind of went to crap for a while. Yeah. Like each time, some each time we were about to do it, something did happen. So it's like, let's um, let's find a way to do it. It's like your white whale, the one that keeps it, getting away. It totally yeah, is. Yeah, down. We've 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 already like planned like four times, I think, and each time like something just like we're not able to do it that weekend. And then the person we, uh, we're like, Oh, maybe we can bring this per- this time. We're like, Nope, we can't go with this. We can't make really schedule that yeah. anymore. Like, Oh, crap. we just need to do it ourselves. Um, <laughs> You're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> that's too easy. Um, Greg, yes. do you know the mythological Japanese monster? Tanomi? Tanomi. I, you know, I probably I do, but I, it's not ringing any anything like I've probably heard the story before. Um, Tanomi means eyes on hands, uh-huh. which is what the pale men's uh-huh. um, kind of, I guess, what's it called? Um, the the design. Yeah, kind of supposed to look like that. I really enjoyed this this movie. Um, I watched it last night again, and it you know it's one of those things. It's I like watching it. Like I can even watch it in the background because it is in Spanish. I understand Spanish. Um, mm. Mexican Spanish and and Spanish Spanish is a little bit different. Mm. I call it Spanish Spanish. Spanish. <laughs> um, for the most part, when I when I listen to to the the I, I would say I guess quote unquote real Spanish, I have a hard time following it. But with this with this film, I don't. I didn't have any of that issue. Um, they take they speak faster, and I don't know if y'all notice this, but I speak really fast, and that just comes from. <laughs> from speaking Spanish. Um, so they speak even and even faster. And I don't know if you remember this, um, Greg, but when we, we talked to Lainey about the others, which also, oh, yeah. um, I think takes, takes uh, in, um, uh, in Spain too. Isn't uh, it? No, it's, uh, it's, it's in England to, during world England, war two. Yeah. But she brought up the, the whole thing about Spain and how, the, how their accent started. And, and, and <laughs> it's still pretty interesting. Um, but it, I, to me, it's always been hard to understand um, Spanish, Spanish, <laughs> Spanish, um, Spanish. But this one, like I said, I don't know what what it is about this film that I may actually able to keep up with it without having to read the the, the subtitles, without having to like really like really pay attention. Like uh, this whole movie, I don't know what it was about. Yeah, you just like really enjoyed it. I if you have not seen it, I don't know why you you're still listening to us. You should go watch it and then come back. But. At this point, it's too late. <laughs> no, no, it, it, you can still go and watch it and enjoy it. I mean, and 
just because we talked a good deal about it and may have spoiled the end for you and you know whatever <laughs> but you should have watched it it's been out since 2002 right so or 2006 2006 yeah, so it's not that um, old it did earn what's it called a a uh, oscar nomination for best screenplay but it did not get a best uh, was it picture robbed nomination robbed yep who won that year oh, that and we could definitely say it was robbed <laughs> let's see <laughs> We'll look that up right now. See, yeah, I think this film's gonna age well. I think it has aged well, but I feel like looking at like how the special effects hold up and the fact that most of it is practical, like I feel like you're gonna be able to watch this another 10, 15 years time, and it'll still hold up really well. Um, I think the I think the fact that a lot of the bits that they are in CGI, it's mostly nighttime, so you can they can get away with stuff. Yes, I did, yeah. In 2006, Crash won the best picture. Robbed. Yeah. Official. It's official here. It was robbed. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the five movies that were up for nomination were Munich, uh, Good Night and Good Luck, Brokeback Mountain, and Capote. I really think this one should, could have won. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's taken a long time for like Oscars and awards ceremonies to like get over the hump of oh, it's horror film or a fantasy film and stuff, like, we, we're we not going to nominate it for that. It has to be, like, a serious film to get the nomination. Mm-hmm. Which, this is a pretty serious film. It's just got a couple of monsters thrown in. It's, like, a very human, dark film that happens to have some really cool creature designs in it. Yeah. Uh, I think, and I hope that from from this previous years, that we're going to start seeing more mm-hmm. of this. Because why can't this film be best picture why there's no reason why you can't um other than maybe the people voting are a little uptight about what they feel is considered art uh but how could you not see this film as, and say like this is authentically like this is art this is what uh, the director decided not to take any money out of this so that he can get his ideas across i mean what do you i mean what what do you want <laughs> Um, um, so I'm hoping because they included that they're going to be more open to actually taking into consideration that horror movies can, can be good. Horror movies do deserve to be considered in, in best picture. And recently, just recently, the last couple of years, we've seen how horror has made a comeback. Not only is it everywhere now, but these big name directors and screenwriters are, are getting attached to them. That's true. I think people are realizing that you can see a horror film and it can be a really good story. It's not just about scaring you or it's not just about, I think, um, I think what didn't help in some fashion is Saw became, oh, uh, yeah. what was it? There's Saw and there's one other one that were more Hostile. Hostel, that was it. It was Hostel was the other one over here. No, honestly, I think it was that one over here. It was like those those films, like kind of like this is horror now. You're just going to go watch someone be tortured. Which there's more to it than that. Those films than just that. Yeah. But I think that created a bit of a stigma. Whereas now people are like going, ah, it can be a really good, interesting, complicated story, and you know does deserve to be like get the nominations yeah, and stuff there's yeah. that and then how the studios just kept going to the bank with the with those sequels i think the yeah. sequels were really what what made, made the bubble burst 
of of horror because mm-hmm. they were link, thinking more of money than than story, and it just yeah. diluted the the storyline of like Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers, to the point that yeah. they've needed to re, be rebooted and and re to make them scary again because mm-hmm. some of those countless sequels, as much as I still like to watch them, they did dilute the the story um, after so many of them. Yeah, but. Any uh, final final word for Pan's Labyrinth? I will mention just it's not quite the on topic, but the last time I spoke to you guys, we reviewed Misery and spoke about yes. that. No, no. And you know that that is uh, a film that you always think about the leg and the ankle because it's terrifying and horrible. I was casually watching this, thinking <laughs> I'm gonna have a lovely time. And someone gets a leg torn off, so I don't know what it is with the films we're picking. But the next time we do one of these, if we do, can we avoid the legs? Like, I'm done with legs being cut off and foots being beaten. So, Lyndon, there's, That's funny. it's actually uh, a message we're sending to you. Don't leave my desk. Yes. Don't leave your desk no, or you can get your leg. No, 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 to leave his desk. He needs to, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, oh. take some time for yourself, or you gonna? It's either that, or yeah. or Greg is telling you to make that Invisible Man comic, yeah. or he's gonna chop your leg. I'm off. your biggest fan, Lyndon. I'm your biggest fan. Yeah, the Invisible Man is drawn. <laughs> <laughs> the Invisible Man is drawn into every background panel in candles. Yeah? He's the silent protagonist. He's there. Thank you. If there's a floating wizard hat. That's okay, him. well, I'm. <laughs> with, uh, one, when, when, it, when, when I, if I don't see it, if I, if I don't see it, and you hear a knock on your door at three in the morning, well, technically you won't see it. That's the point. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have magic eyes, though. <laughs> magic. Uh, one, one day. day. <laughs> one day. One day. Uh, um. Maybe next time we we can get you back to do the the rebooted Invisible Man. Yeah, that will take care. Yeah, of it's that. apparently really good. I've not seen I it. There's yet. a scene with I've feet. Like I enjoyed that. it. <laughs> there's a what? scene Sorry? with feet in it. Is yeah. there? <laughs> oh no, surely <laughs> not. Just joking. I was gonna say I don't remember. Oh, that. He takes off his shoes. You don't see him though. <laughs> I just um, I I think I I it takes a lot to freak me out, but I think it was. I think it's in the remake of House of Wax, or is it Evil Dead? Or there's, there's a horror film where someone's walking down stairs and they slice the back of the ankles. And since then, I'm just like, anytime I'm seeing like feet or legs being chopped in the film, like, oh, it just reminds me of that uh, film. But I think it's House of Wax. But Cemetery does it when yeah. uh, Gage uh, gets, was it the mom? Oh. Or the, no, it's uh, it, Herman. Yeah, Herman yeah. Munster. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's that. It might actually be that instead. Yeah. I don't want to watch Pet Sematary sure? again now. Because <laughs> we watched the first one. We haven't seen the second one. I don't know if they do it in the second one or not. You want to find out? No? Oh, oh hey! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. No, we wouldn't do that to you. What would we? So, yeah. So, this is going to be the Legs uh, trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, um, I'm glad you joined us here again to talk about Pan's Labyrinth. It might not be as, as um, people might not think it is as horror as other movies, but like I said before, horror is subjective. Real life horror is just as bad as the horror from our minds, I guess. Yeah, no, um, so and this one really is, I think more 
real life horror, um, horror of, of civil war, of war of war, horror of, you know, all that stuff. Just life stuff. People monsters. Yeah, people monsters. Um, yeah. Um, Lyndon, how long is the, is Candles going to be on Kickstarter? Uh, that's a very good question, which I should know. Uh, it's on Kickstarter for 19 more days. Uh, so it'll finish funding on Friday, the 16th of July. So it's got some time. You know, Kickstarter's doing really well. Uh, but, you know, keep, you know, checking it out. Pre-orders for these kind of books are like the lifeblood of them. So any support you can give would be great to be the salesman guy. Any uh, book. Yeah. <laughs> any tiers that you that you want to make sure we know about before we go out there? Um, I will say for this one, the entire this entire campaign, we've really streamlined it, and oh god, we almost did it. We almost got to the end without someone mentioning Brexit, but I'm gonna do it. <laughs> um, it is really, it's really um screwed up the postage for overseas overseas shipping oh, over yeah. here. So like mm. costs have gone uh, pretty much doubled, uh, for some certain sizes. So what we done is every reward tier will fit in a a4 book package so and they are the best ones to ship overseas at the moment so any american or european backers we've thought about postage postage as cheap as it can possibly be and everything fits inside one package so you're not gonna get stung on it that much um yeah so i'd say it, it's mostly streamlined. It's mostly books, bookmarks, and uh, prints that fit inside that. Uh, there is one really cool thing: is I've drawn a map this time round. So if you're really into like maps for like map of the world to really like flesh out world building, uh, you can actually get one of those with book as well, which is quite cool, quite nice. fun. Yeah, uh, that that was a that was a day of drawing, I'll tell you. But it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so guys. Keep a keep a look out for that. I will be including the, the link to the Kickstarter here in the description of the episode, and let us know what you all think. Um, if you go and and support the the Kickstarter, just let them know that Nerd sent you. Yeah. Lyndon, thanks again for joining us, and we we always enjoy um, having you on here. And um, thanks for always being available. Um, just pretty much pretty. Whenever we need you, <laughs> yeah, like, you summon me and I appear. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I enjoy doing this. Magic. Like, it's we say Linden, yeah. Linden, I, Linden, Linden. Yeah, whoa, candy man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, candy man might be one. Like, yeah, some of it. I'll tell you what, but we'll definitely, in some weird way, have to do a leg trilogy just just because we can. Um, someone let us know if a new candy man has like something happens someone's foot or leg and we'll, for a loop. we'll bring it we'll bring you in for karate kid <laughs> there you go <laughs> oh it's it's horrific in a in a sense <laughs> uh, we'll we'll think of something to bring you back i'm sure we'll 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 find something pretty pretty quickly here but uh Wait, i know we've just said it, it doesn't happen in saw that could be the one the first like, one yeah yeah, the first one. So I guess, oh, we're, I guess we're doing song next time. <laughs> oh boy! No, <laughs> um, well, we'll 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 figure something out. But uh, yeah, and, and of course, when you have, have something coming up next next time, just let us know. We'll, we'll be more than happy to to talk yes. about it. Cool. Thank you. 
All right, guys. Thank you once again for joining us here on Nerds with the Crick. Remember to visit us on nerdsfcc.com or on the Spoilerverse where you can not only catch our uh, podcast, but you can also catch about what, 30 more um, podcasts. And from what I hear, there's some some big news coming soon through the Spoilerverse what? network. So big news? Hopefully we, we can share that later oh, on. Oh, man. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time here on Nerds from the Crypt. It's your turn to be Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt Podcast.